How many hours a week do you spend sourcing through messy transaction data when you could be working with more clients? What if I told you there was a solution that was free that could save you three to five hours of work per client per month? Well, enter Relay, a business banking platform that completes your accounting tech stack. Every client you invite to Relay gets added to your firm's partner portal, and that means you get role-based permissions for your staff, direct bank feeds to QuickBooks Online and Zero ultra detailed transaction data that makes it easier to reconcile, and accounts payable automation for clients that pull their info from QBO and Zero. Plus, Relay's new partner program introduces meaningful cash rewards for advisors, more partner perks, and an advisor directory to help find more clients who already mink with Relay. Head on over to www.relayfi.com unaccountable to learn more and book a demo. Unaccountable, the world's okayest accounting game show podcast for product news, updates, and education. I am your romantic reconciler of a host, Tyler Otto, and I'm joined by the fiscal flirt, Jeremy Van Grohl. Happy Valentine's to you, sir. T.O., will you be my Valentine? Oh, absolutely. No one else will. (laughs) Well, uh, you got me there. I'm not going to lie. Do you and the missus? do things special for the holiday not sure how to answer that uh no we have kids now man like there's no and especially like the thought of finding a sitter for valentine's and like going out when all the happy kidless couples are out there and so you have to like be in crowded restaurants no we're not going to celebrate anything now we'll go out next week or something else after that yeah to me that's the secret sauce and i need to do more of it too is like what do you do on the tuesday right like it's tuesday do something cool Surprise, all that stuff. Yeah, totally agree. No, it's a rough time of year, but the government is starting to show us a little bit of love. Things are starting to transpire. They're starting to show us a little appreciation. I mean, it is tax time, so let's change tax laws, right? (laughs) Might as well, which is going to lead us into our first segment of today before our guest, which, by the way, I am super pumped for our guest. You don't even know what you're in for. Yeah, listeners, belabor through our first thing here and stay for the guest because He's amazing. He is wonderful. But Jeremy, I want to transition to our first game, which I'm calling Economical Embrace, where we're going to discuss the upcoming tax relief bill, which we're going to emphasize right now has only passed the House, not the Senate. But this could have implications on this tax season. And so I wanted to get a head start to talk through a few of the finer details that might be coming our way any day. Yeah, agreed. Not passed yet, but a lot of cool things. And the piece that I feel is a little less tax focused, so I can maybe speak potentially more intelligently than you. Probably not. But the ERC is in this, right? The employee Mm -hmm. retention credit, that's some change. So the penalty before for, I believe the language was, if you know or have reason to know of understating a tax liability doubled do you know what it doubled to and from i sure believe i think so that was a lot of like maybes there it was. was it 500 to a thousand it was very very accurate and then so like right there sucks right and that's for every time you could do it but then also if you are the erstc promoters right so these firms that came into the industry and trying to profit from this and potentially put out scammy the mills the mills right that has now increased 
super significantly because that was originally a thousand dollar, I believe, uh, penalty as well. Do you know what that one was from reading this? Do you remember? I'm gonna guess now twenty five hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, or seventy five percent of growth proteins that they got. Wow. So I am. I'm really happy to hear that though. They're going after the mills. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like if the people that would jump on this and not have the integrity, like deserve every portion of that, like get that tax money back, take it back from these idiots. How many of these companies are being shut down and disbanded right now and putting up signs? Nobody's home. Yeah, that's right. Come try to find me. (laughs) But yeah, so cool. And also the, I think we talked about before cutoff was, if it passes, was January 31st. So if you haven't done mm-hmm. it yet, you probably can't because I think everything sounds like the Senate's going to pass this, but it hasn't passed yet. And we're recording this on the 7th right now, dear listener. This is going to drop on the 15th. So there is a possibility in that week that this has already come to fruition, hence why we're talking about it now. Now, obviously, there might be some substantial changes by the time this drops, but we want to get what's on the docket in front of you. Jeremy, I also don't know if you saw because it really impacts taxes. Yeah. But if the bill passes as is, it would extend bonus depreciation at what percent until 2026? I believe it's 100%, right? Coming out of COVID. Yeah. Yes. Which it really blows my mind that they're talking about this right now while we are in the throes of tax season and helping our clients plan the strategy, how much depreciation we're going to take. And they're throwing this big thing out there that like, oh, depreciation amounts might change. This just hurts. Oh, yeah. I I don't feel for people that would do taxes and tax guidance because I'd be like, based on the current situation, here's what you should do. But it might change to this. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, tough spot. And given, you know, the, the beefiness of this and just the interview we have coming up. I want to blast for you on a couple other items. Did you see that they're proposing to change the amount of what we have to file 1099 NEC for from 600 to what? To a thousand, right? So this might be for a while, right? Yeah. And they're talking about it increasing every year as well to adjust for inflation, which is super cool. And I'm not even going to bring up the other one in question format. I'm just going to hit it. They're also talking about the refundable child tax credits going up as well from 1600 bucks to 1800 bucks to 2000 bucks. Now here is the one thing I want to call out in this bill is they say after 2025, when it's at 2000 bucks, it would adjust for inflation every year rounding down to the nearest hundred dollars. So if they don't deem that inflation every year after that is 5%, there is no increase okay? because they're rounding down and this is all for nothing. There actually is no adjustment. It can increase 4% every year. Inflation could be 4% every year for the next six years. There would be a $0 increase because it never was a 5% increase. And I do not consider myself an expert economist, but inflation is typically averaging like, isn't it three and a half, four percent? Three and a half, four percent. So yeah, yeah. yeah, we could three years from now be at 12 percent increase. But because it was four percent a year, we would never see a tax credit increase for uh, having kids. And I'm sorry, but those tax credits do not cover the cost of raising kids. Oh, no. The classic U.S. tax law. Ooh, you almost had it. Oh, it's almost there. Now, the one thing I will call out, the IRS has given guidance that it's telling tax preparers to not wait for this bill to file tax returns. Just file them and we'll figure it out later. That's easy for you to say when your client's beating down your door and says, well, let's hold off or, you know, this depreciation thing. I want to make sure before we push submit and watch, they're going to pass this on April 10th 
they're just going to kick it down the line. And then on April 11th, all our clients are going to want to adjust before the deadline. <laughs> Sounds like a timeshare salesman. Like, just take it. Everything will work out. <laughs> we'll fix it later yeah. do you want to hear like other obscure things in this did you read the whole thing if you happen to be a citizen of the nation of taiwan you're going to want to read this there's some withholding tax <laughs> treatments stuff like that also maybe more seriously like if you had wildfire damage there's also some tax provisions in there as well well jeremy we're now at the fun part of the show where we get to invite in our guest this week and i first met our guest Dwayne at a hotel finance technology conference. And this guy scared my shoes off. Like he might be the most terrifying person I've ever heard of in my life. He haunts my nightmares because he opened up a whole new world of what I didn't know what was possible out there. So Dwayne LaFlotte is the president, president of Pulsar Security. He's going to correct me if I'm wrong, but Pulsar Security, their outsourced security firm that Man, I don't know what you guys don't do. Dwayne, I would love to turn it over to you just to introduce yourself. Welcome to the show, Dwayne LaFlotte. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and I'm super glad to be here, honestly. President, I'd love to take president. I'm just the CTO. So uh, ju I just do the tech stuff. Can, can I, can I, can I up there? I've stalked you a little bit and I saw a CTO and I'm like, CTO of a security focused company. I'm like, I feel like that's almost more important than the president <laughs> role for that. But thank you. I don't want to be degraded by being called yeah. the president. I mean, honestly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so You're yeah, no, a meaningless been... figurehead. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You need the tech, the bits. Um, so I've been doing this for 20, about 24 years now as a cybersecurity expert, working with embassies, banks, military, and our sole focus in our organization is to break into companies. That's what we do. We Sometimes it's physical, picking locks and jamming sensors, and we know how to shut off alarm systems and all that other fun stuff. Super simple ways I can walk you guys through. And then a lot of it is really just breaking in through firewalls, email phishing, getting people to click on things they shouldn't, dropping USBs and parking lots and all the fun stuff we talked about uh, in that in that session. So I'm super glad to be here and, and talk to you guys about this stuff. And if I recall, like one anecdote I would just love to bring up is like you were once contracted to break into a government facility and were able to get into their protected files through a Roomba. You can't bring that up on a gun. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was interesting. Uh, we So we were surveilling uh, a facility and we couldn't get close to the facility. We were 500 meters off, guards and gates and such. And we would notice at night, we would see a wireless signal, like show up for 15 minutes and then go away. And then show up for 15 minutes and go away. And we're like, what the hell is this thing? We started profiling it and we found it. It was a, it was a robot vacuum. And as it got close to the corner of the building, we could see it wirelessly. So we bought one, we tore it apart, found a way to exploit it. And then that next night, when it came near that corner, we knew we had 15 minutes to break into it, have it like take our code and then walk it through the building. So. It sounds like a Mission Impossible thing. Tom Cruise out the ceiling with a robot. Right? Love it. You know, it's funny because you go through all these conversations with your team, like, okay, how do we get it in that corner longer? Maybe we can spray water out front and everybody's boots will be muddy. And then when they walk in, <laughs> the, vacuum, the vacuum will hang out in the corner longer. So uh, I'm not going to lie. Like in another life or like if this doesn't work out for me, like I didn't know this was a career you could have in life. And like, I want to close up shop and come work for you just <laughs> for these t type of war games. Like this yeah. sounds like a dream scenario had I known this was an option back in school. Uh, I mean, who knew breaking and entering was uh, <laughs> a lucrative career? But for the well, I think guys. we knew it was lucrative, but we didn't know it was legal at the same time. <laughs> That's not true. Just, not just a misdemeanor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, you go watch Sneakers, the movie. I'm just saying that was like that was the early inspiration back in the oh. 80s. Well, we're going to put you through a couple old references as well yeah, as we run it. you through Fast Figures today. Now, if you haven't listened to our show, you are like most people in the planet that uh, have saved their ears. But we're going to run you through 10 questions that border the accounting and tech industry and Honestly, I'm going to take it as a failure of the person that wrote the questions if you don't do well, because <laughs> this is your territory, not ours. But we're going to run you through that. Dwayne, do you feel prepared for the gauntlet that is Fast Figures? Always. Always prepared. Ready. Can't wait. Welcome to Fast Figures. Ten questions. One minute-ish. All answers are numbers. The game starts now. One minute on the clock. According to the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, what is the minimum recommended length of a strong password? We're looking within four. You got a four error window here. I'm going to say 12, 12 characters. According to ID Watchdog, an Equifax company, within 15%. What percent of data breaches are caused by insider threats? 1,000. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, it's probably, <laughs> I'd say it's more realistically around 80%. In the classic workplace film Office Space, how many bosses does Peter have? Oh my gosh, uh, four. According to IBM's 2022 data security report, how long does it take for a business to identify a data breach within two months accurate? Uh, two months. While Moore's law loosely states that a computing power doubles every two years, Roger Moore enforced the law while playing the most iconic spy of all time with what numbered code name? 007. True or false, and this is not a number, we just had to break format, an iPhone charging cable I found in the parking lot yesterday can be used to hack my computer. True. In 1983 classic War Games, when the AI named Whopper takes over, what is the most severe DEFCON level they get to? DEFCON 1. How many hours of programming experience does a person need in order to kick off ransomware? Uh, zero. Which effing key do I use on the keyboard to get some help? F1. <laughs> How many types of phishing are there? Uh, I'm going to say nine. There we go. All right. Dwayne, how are you feeling after going through that? Oh, that, was, that was stressful. I was, yeah. right? I was saying. Oof. You think you're ready, but you're not. No, it's just all of a sudden it's there and then it's gone. And like Jeremy and I have both lamented that like you freeze up on questions you know the answer to. Right, exactly. You're like, and what's your name? And you're like, I don't remember. I'm Bill. <laughs> all right, let's run through it here. Dwayne, according to the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, what is the minimum recommended length of a strong password? You said 12. We were looking for within four. Yes, it is 16. You were just on that outer limit. But it feels Beautiful. like that number is ever moving. And we might even get into mm -hmm. this in Moore's Law. But, I mean, what should our average accountant be looking for here in a good password? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. I mean, we love numbers, right? So yeah. um, we have a crack cluster in the office here. A bunch of video cards, like 80, uh, 40, 90 video cards. And basically, I can guess passwords. Um, we can guess 3 billion passwords a second. So... <laughs> Wow. With that, you can imagine if it's a, a five-character password, we can crack it in less than a second. Um, all the way up to eight and ten characters, we can crack within a day. As it gets further out, much harder to crack. 
Um, so that's where 12 is kind of the bare minimum, but 16 um, with a with a non-nation state cracking rig like ours, um, it would be impossible for us to crack it. So I'd say anywhere between 12 and 16 is fantastic. The longer, the better. Um, there's this big misnomer about complexity being better. Um, length is better than complexity. Size matters. Is Size does matter, wife. right? Yeah, like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't want it to be complex either. Just... <laughs> <laughs> i should have asked what our audience is sorry kids yeah. our audience is dwindling that is the answer uh, dwindling. Yeah. um no so far it's just been mine and jeremy's mom but we're getting a lot more moms nice. day by day so it's good Hi, mom <laughs> question two according to id watchdog an equifax company within 15 percent, what percent of data breaches are caused by insider threats you said 80%. I'm sorry, it was 60. But oh. this is also subjective by depending on who they're 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 yeah. monitoring, right? So I'm gonna defer to the wisdom of the guy that does this for a living. First of all, <laughs> can you even define for our listeners what is an insider threat? Yeah, absolutely. So an insider threat is is anybody who has prior knowledge to the systems that are implemented at your organization. Uh, and, and this is why some of the statistics are a little bit lower on the internet than they should be. Because let's say we work for a small to medium business and we fire somebody. That person on the outside is not considered an insider threat anymore, even though they may know all the passwords you don't rotate and all of the places that you keep your data. So when they, now with a vendetta, come in and decide to uh, unleash ransomware, yeah, a lot of those statistics become lost. So yeah, anybody who has prior knowledge, your systems, processes, how you do backups, the people even that work there because of working with you as an organization is considered an insider threat. So my employee who clicked on a, a link for two for one hot dogs at the local Wiener Schnitzel, that's an insider threat failure. That's a, that's a watering hole attack. Those are fun. Yeah. So <laughs> needless Needless to say, it's yeah, there's like a there's a playbook for that. But needless to say, yeah, they're an insider threat, but they're like there are levels of insider threat. There's malicious insider threats or you know, you work for Boeing and you're trying to steal airplane, you know, blueprints and sell them off to another nation. But then there's insider threats where it's like they just didn't know what they shouldn't click on. I think it's like it's like when you trade the quarterback, you gotta change the playbook, right? You can't hundred percent mm -hmm. the same plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's far too often and you get rid of somebody maybe under, you know, certain circumstances that they're angry with the organization and you go, yeah, it's business as usual. Let's just keep all of our passwords and, and systems the way they are. That's even more terrifying though, for what we do, because some of the times the client didn't give us our own credentials. We're using their credentials, no matter how much we put it in our contracts, we don't want your <laughs> credentials, right? But the clients don't want to change them because they only had one dog as a childhood and they can't rename it to another one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Next question. In the classic workplace film, Office Space, how many bosses did Peter have? You said this four. This one I should know. This I'm one sorry, I Bob. Know. He had eight. Oh, oh killing Eight me. different bosses, Bob. Yes, that's right. Oh, I knew it was I a it lot, was... and I froze. Man, I it was <laughs> it's that fast figures. I got to watch the show again. Yeah. yeah. We'll get you back next year, Dwayne, and you can try and redeem yourself. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Make this an annual one. Really, we should have you in like right around Valentine's every year. Uh, you know, just Done. how to like lock down your heart. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be here.
All right. Next question. According to IBM's 2022 data security report, how long does it take a business to identify a data breach? You said two months. It's actually nine months. I was going to say one year, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It depends on the circles you play in. There, If you're at the embassy, military, usually bank level, a lot of them are really mm-hmm. quick. Um, if you start mm-hmm. to see, like even Microsoft, Microsoft got breached just recently, and it took them from November, I think it was November 2nd to December 15th to identify the fact that they had been breached and what the damages were. So there's some organizations that are fantastic at it, but they, you know, they're constant targets. They're like the kid who got beat up at school all the time. And now they know what to look for. Like somebody coming at them with that angry face. They're like, yeah, I know. All right. I see you. But yeah, to small to medium businesses, I get that. I've seen people where it's years we have extended red team engagements where we break in organizations and they'll sign us up for a two or three year contract. And they'd be like, just pack us over the next two or three years. And we sometimes are in those organizations for 12 to 14 months without anybody noticing us. So yeah, I, I, wow. that's, that's understandable. Terrifying. Yes, terrifying. Next question. While Moore's laws loosely states that computer power doubles every two years, Roger Moore enforced the law while playing the most iconic spy of all time with what numbered code name? Very easily, you said 007. And I want to focus back on Moore's law because as we talked about with passwords earlier, it's only getting easier and easier for you to, you know, build your space heater there of uh, video cards in your office <laughs> and give it the ability to to guess more passwords. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny is it's there are multiple ways to break passwords. One is to find a cryptographic flaw. So with wireless, for example, there was a cryptographic flaw in the elliptical curve system, encryption they used. And what if we yeah. don't understand a word you just said? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go deep into the mathematics of, of cryptography. Um, to quote so, Michael Scott, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> that's my favorite chat GPT prompt now is like, hey, thanks for that. But, you know, explain it like five. Yeah. But, you know, brute forcing is is what we typically see when people talk about statistics and Moore's law and computing and when we're talking about breaking passwords. And there are a couple of things that are going to change that. First off, we are still following a lot of the Moore's law uh, doubling every 18 months and we're seeing compute and going up quite quickly. But what we're also seeing is sometimes algorithms change, which gives us a jump of even faster than that, right? So I say 3 billion passwords a second, and you would expect in 18 months, we're doing, you know, 6 billion passwords a second. But we actually may be doing faster than that because the algorithms get better and better and more optimized. But realistically, there's billions of passwords out on the internet from every site you guys use. So it's real easy for me just to go out to the internet and say, hey, can you tell me what Jeremy's password is for this particular site? And most of the times we can find it. So you don't even really need to crack it. I know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this sad. Case ever. <laughs> but to be fair, Jeremy uses Powerpuff Girls 321 is his password everywhere. So that it's makes not sense. that hard. Sometimes it's got an exclamation Exclamation point at the end. I'm just saying. Fair enough. The most important special character, the exclamation <laughs> point. That's right. Absolutely. True or false, an iPhone charging cable I found in the parking lot yesterday can be used to hack my computer. You said true. And my source to this is you because this blows oh, yeah. my mind. Can you walk me through like how this – because we – our community is not only bookkeepers that are starting out tomorrow with a small firm, but we also have – people that are managing an entire accounting division at some large accounting firm. What is this threat? 
<laughs> this is awesome. Okay. So I, and I get excited when, you know, the internet's on fire and there's all these amazing hacks out there. So, which is a, my wife's always like asks what's wrong with me. And she's like, like, are, are you, were you hurt as a child? Is that what it is? <laughs> but needless to say, so the NSA actually created a blueprint for a cable that looks exactly like an iPhone charging cable, a fire cable. And in the USB part, and they have USB-A and USB-C. But in the USB part, they actually put a microchip and a little server in there. And it'll run a web server you can connect to. It will actually break into your computer if you plug it into your computer. And I can remotely connect to it and deploy scripts and all sorts of stuff to your computer because it's plugged in. But when you look at these cables, and I think you had a chance to see one of these cables, they don't look I any different than a normal cable. So we will weaponize these and we'll just drop them on the ground outside your office, or maybe in your driveway outside your car at your house. And you'll go, oh, that must be my cable. Who else is in my driveway? And you'll pick up the cable and you'll put it in, just plug it into something and then we'll gain access to the systems. Well, especially we're all accountants. We're so cheap. We're like, hey, free iPhone cable. <laughs> Those yeah. are expensive. Well, and that's a, that's a good point too, is like I get a lot of questions of, wait, should I not buy that $3 iPhone charging cable off of Amazon? I'm like, no, you've no idea what's in that. Um, you know, I would just go to a known source, go to Apple, pay the 25 bucks they want for a cable or whatever and be done with it. Is the determining factor is if the uh, the rubber doesn't break within two weeks, then you know it's a fake. It's got you bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gone. It's a, a, it's a quality one, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it. I think you've yeah. said wow. this before, but like, this draws a lot of analogies to life of like, you don't know where that charger's been. You don't want to go sticking it places if, if you <laughs> exactly. don't know its history. Exactly. Are you or you could protect it. Uh, <laughs> I say that. No, but seriously, you can. Yeah. So um, the shirt I'm wearing actually today is off grid. Um, so I actually I my... listened to your episode about this, your little cover that removes yes. the data line. Hey, yeah, so doing research here. A, a little USB you can plug into any cable. Um, and when you plug it into your computer, it, it actually cuts the two data lines and only allows the power. Um, so you can double wrap it, kind of. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> always double wrap it. When you're coming to this is a Valentine's thing. episode, so this hey, is kids. very yes, very appropriate. <laughs> Love it. Next question. In 1983 classic War Games, when the AI named Whopper takes over, what is the most severe DEFCON we reach? You said DEFCON 1. All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. And that is correct. That is the oh. most severe. I don't think we've ever reached that in U.S. history, but nope. just such a great movie. And I would hope have some impact on your childhood of getting into this. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy, right? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic movie. Uh, that and Sneakers. Honestly, if you haven't seen those two movies, you have to go watch those two movies because they're they are the 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 thing that spawned most of this passion for cybersecurity. I still think to this day, my dad doesn't understand the reference. And I always say, how about a nice game of chess? Like he doesn't get it. <laughs> right. Exactly. No. You know, it's funny. We, we actually created a device, this device here that does all sorts of hacking, breaks into cellular and wireless and tracks all sorts of stuff. Anyways, the company we created that under is called Playtronics, which for most people who haven't seen sneakers, that was the evil company that was trying to steal the code breakers and all that other good stuff was Playtronics. So good watches. Like no matter yep. what industry you're in, go watch them. Yep. Go watch it. 
All right. Three more questions for you, Dwayne. How many hours of programming experience does a person need in order to kick off ransomware? You said zero. Yeah. Tell me about this. Like, it's super Jeremy simple can now. go kick it off tomorrow? Absolutely. No. Yeah. There's right. ransomware as a service at this point. So you just say, hey, the three of us, we want to get into ransomware. Okay. And we go to this company and they will sell us ransomware. And then we can just take it and we can go to another company that will deploy it for us for percentage. And then the little grandmas and grandpas who don't know how to pay the Bitcoin, there's a support company that will take all the calls and be like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Let me walk you through buying Bitcoin. I'm the good guy. I'm trying to help you, blah, 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 whatever. And we just make money. We don't need to worry about. That's hilarious because when you said I could buy this from a company that will help me do this and, and the other one, I'm, I'm like the accountant in me immediately was, how am I paying for this? <laughs> like, do I need Bitcoin? Do I, like, how does this work? Is there a track record? Do they give me a receipt? See, I they need do. To- yeah. And yeah. you know, it's funny is you could even, if it's not working out well, you can call up and they have a whole support company. They'd be like, oh, I understand why it's not propagating well. Let's fix this up and they'll hand it back oh, to you and wow. keep the call. Beautiful. Yeah. And scary. Yeah. yeah. But it just Billion points out like, like you don't need, really, someone just needs to figure out that small bookkeeping firms is their new niche of yeah. targets. And yep. we're all hosed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because we're, we're seeing more recently, within the last probably 12 to 15 months, we're seeing ransomware actually shifting over to hospitality. So hotels have already started to be massive targets. We're starting to see it now. There's just the beginning of that wave of, hey, let's hit the hospitality organizations. Not only does it get us inf- interesting information we can leak to nation states, like who's staying at what hotels where, yeah. but it also gives me the ability to then ransomware them and maybe make money from you know, Marriott or whoever. So, Note to listener, specialty bookkeepers, niches in hotels. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Which effing key do I use on the keyboard to get some help? You said F1. Correct. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I just loved it because in Excel competitions, a lot of them, the, the reward for the winner is a key, golden spray painted keyboard with the F1 key missing. Oh, my God. That's awesome. meaning. Yeah. Meaning they don't need help. I love it. <laughs> no, wow. Last question. How many types of fishing are there? You said nine, and to be honest, I don't know the right answer. I just wanted to defer to you because I even want to understand what all whaling, spearing, yeah, what is well, all of this? Fly fishing? That, yeah, are we smishing? talking about Smishing, vishing, fishing, spear fishing, whaling. Oh, I gotta, there's, that's five. I know there's like four more I'm missing. Vishing is voice fishing. If you have people who do a podcast all the time, <laughs> it's easy to get their voice hours and hours and hours of content run it through an ai and it will actually get your voices to say anything um pretty accurately mm-hmm. actually you then call into somebody who works for you and say hey i need you to do whatever and it picks up tone and all sorts of really good things so it's very very convincing but then smishing we've all seen that where it's like we all have a ups package apparently that hasn't been delivered and they're hoping that you click on the link that they texted to you so yeah there's all sorts of types of fishing capital ph um where they're trying to get you to do something you shouldn't probably do but all of these the weak point is the sack of flesh sitting at the end of the keyboard correct 100 <laughs> percent. yeah and it's funny too because people are in general are really helpful and that's what the evil people 
prey on. Even things like trying to break into a building, I'll just hold a box of heavy things and they'll people will hold the door open for me. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, come on in, right? As you're trying to be really helpful. Same type of thing in fishing. What they're trying, what they do is they they up the sense of urgency. This is something that needs to happen within a couple of seconds. We don't want you thinking about it. And then they prey on your being a really nice person. Oh my God, I screwed up and I really need you to help me here. Normal humans are like, oh yeah, okay, I'll help you out. What, you know, what do you need? right? It's definitely the humans that are getting manipulated. And it's funny because it's, it's all fancy now, right? It's all technology and it's, oh, it's fishing and it's all this other good stuff. And 200 years ago, they called them con men, right? There's no technology there. And that's all they did. They, they swindled people out of money. It's the same thing. They're just using different tools. Dwayne, you're clearly super intelligent, but where would you say you do most of your work? Like, is it the coasts or the South or is it everywhere? I feel- it's everywhere. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was just in the middle of Pacific a week ago. I feel like if you came to the Midwest, you just be like, I'm like, oh, oh, you need to make a phone call. Here's my phone. Oh, let me get that door for you. I, they are we, very you helpful. Are, you yeah, the Midwest is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. Dwayne, I am quite impressed. Seven out of 10 in fast figures. Like you're clearly too much for this podcast being mediocre as it is getting a C grade. Like we fail. So congratulations, sir. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, my boss always said, listen, one point over passing, you studied too much. So there you go. <laughs> We're that's, good. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. Jeremy, guess what? What, 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 what? Exciting news for our listeners. We've hit another milestone, and I think it's even going to lend us a little credibility. Did you hear about what we're going to be able to offer soon? I did not. By listening to Unaccountable going forward, our listeners are going to be able to earn CPE for every episode of Unaccountable they digest. Yes, digest because it takes a whole lot of stomach acid and our heartburn to get through this. But log into that Earmark CPE app, take a quiz. And you can earn one hour of CPE credit for listening. How awesome is that? Fantastic. Look at us. We talked about at the end of one of the episodes, we may be doing some good things here. Fantastic work. Well, hop on into that app and let us know what you think of our show. Well, with that sound, it is now halftime, and it's the part of the episode where we head over to the benches and get a little snack. And we're going to take a bite today out of one of Dwayne's recommendations, Firewalla, which, Dwayne, would you like to introduce what this is and why we should know about it? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of, I get asked this a lot, like, hey, if I travel, if I'm in a hotel, you know, what do I use? Should I use a VPN, right? Is VR VPN safe? And, and the problem with VPNs is you don't know where they go, right? They're, somebody else owns that entire infrastructure and they can do whatever they want to your data. So it may protect you from the hotel Wi-Fi, but doesn't protect you from the VPN company. So what I started doing is traveling with a, a Firewalla. Um, so Firewall is... They have firewalls for your house to protect your house. And it's a fantastic firewall. You don't need to be a technologist to implement them. Buy it, put it in, plug in the cables. There's a phone app. Gives you all sorts of control. And automatically will block places that they see attacking across the world. So if a piece of ransomware comes out and it you know, is hosted on some servers in Iran, the firewall automatically just outright blocks them. You don't even need to worry about your your computers ever trying to reach out to get that that ransomware, which is kind of nice. But the little companion to it is what they call the firewall of purplets. It's a tiny little box, this, that you can put in your bag with you when you travel. And when I go to a hotel, I literally just plug this thing in. It spins up a network that all my devices, all my kids' devices know, et cetera. So when we're in a hotel, their devices just automatically light up. And then it asks me, hey, I see a hotel network. Do you want to connect to it? When I say yes, 
this device then establishes an encrypted tunnel between it and my house. So all my traffic is coming out of my house now. It's not coming out of some random VPN and that sort of stuff. It's super simple. I literally just plug it in, turn it on, and everybody's device I'm with connects to it. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend something like that. I have a question. So I did a little bit. I had never heard of Firewalla before. So I did a little bit of research. The bare minimum, that's what we do here, right? At Unaccountable. <laughs> so, but like one of the things they said is they had a device or a service or something where you can have separate home and work like signals while sharing the same internet connection. Like yes. I'm trying to understand the why and the what there. Can you explain no, that? This is, it, actually, no, I, I love that. I love that question because this is yeah. actually really kind of cool about this device. So I have a corporate network where we, I'm connected in the office and doing all sorts of things. I also have a ransomware network where we'll play with ransomware and tear it apart and build ransomware that we test and see if we can bypass antivirus and that sort of stuff. And then I have like the rest of the family network. Well, I don't want those three networks combined because that would be catastrophic. So what you can do with this device is you can actually isolate those networks. I can say, you know, my work network, only my laptop is allowed and it only connects to the office and my ransomware network, nothing can talk to other than the stations that are on that net. And then my home network only gets access to the internet, but can't talk to any other devices on the network. So you get this ability to sort of isolate who can talk to what and what they can do, which is, is fantastic. Honestly, if you're worried about, let's say, for example, you have a small, small business, you're working from home. You probably don't want your kids' laptops when they go to school, connect in and download whatever the newest Call of Duty <laughs> hack is, and then they plug it into your home network, and now you get ransomware on your, your corporate computer, which would not be good. Uh, totally wow. And, and most of us are remote, too, with home offices, mm -hmm. right? So this is why it was intriguing to me, is you're like... Yeah, I don't asset I have the build the business that we built is super valuable. Not saying my home stuff is, but I have kids. They do <laughs> stupid things. They learn from their father. I <laughs> do take due diligence. Yeah, cool. And if you take the 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 home business route, like if you're working from home and that sort of yeah. stuff, let's say you have to be up all the time. Like for example, I have an internet connection through Comcast but I also have a Starlink. So it can bond the two together. And if my Comcast goes down, because we get a lot of snow up here in the north, the Starlink just automatically picks up. So the firewall handles all that, which is really, really kind of cool. Wow, that is cool. What I like the most about this, and I think the listeners should hear is like, this is very complex stuff, but it's a solution that's easy to implement for mm. us. You don't have to understand everything Dwayne's talking about to buy it, plug it in, open the app and connect it to your network and just sleep easy. Yeah, and honestly, for the price, firewalls that corporate firewalls that do the same thing are usually in the thousands of dollars. And these are a couple hundred bucks, right? So relatively cheap and easy to put in place. Super cool. Yeah. Thank you for telling us that. Because again, never heard of this one. And for the price and the protection level, that's amazing. So what I would love to hear from you is... So a lot of us are small businesses and maybe not, but like, where do we start, right? Like what is the bare bones if you're getting into this, into a business and want to have secure assets and protect yourself mm. and we handle client money all the time, right? Yeah. So like you said, they documents, be, passwords, they may be focusing on hotels now or hospitality, but someone's <laughs> going to crack the nut and be like, wow, these, this uh, remote bookkeeping industry is growing. And is a mm -hmm. gold mine, right? Like what should we be doing right now, at least at the bare minimum and maybe the steps like we should take and grow from that? Yeah. And that's a great point because uh, we've seen attackers targeting hospitality, but we've also seen attackers tar targeting what are called MSPs, managed service providers. So a lot of the big hacks you've heard of recently were, you know, an attacker took out the technology company 
that manages the company's, you know, mm. some uh, a bunch of customers, internet pipes and that sort of stuff. Now they have access to hundreds of customers. So you guys are a perfect yeah. target. From my perspective, I would want to hack into you guys and then be like, hey, look at all this money I can do whatever I want with, which is kind of yeah. nice. So, you know, starting from the basics, honestly, a lot of it is really basic blocking and tackling of, of cybersecurity. And these are the basics I usually give, you know, small to medium businesses. First off, password management. You should never be inventing a password. You should use a password manager. Absolutely, like kind of bare bones, bare minimum. So I use one password. There's a lot of great password managers out there. So I would absolutely, use a password manager 100%. You know, and internally we use Bitwarden. Bitwarden is another really good one if you're going to keep passwords between teams and that sort of stuff. But either way, use a password manager. Can I ask if there's any we should avoid? Uh, <laughs> the last pass thing is probably not the best one to use. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble, but I want to ask. <laughs> Honestly, listen, they blundered pretty bad with the way that they were handling metadata that was non-encrypted inside of the vault, which then gave the ability to start pulling more information out. So if they were doing, this is my personal opinion, if they were doing proper code audits and reviews, this would have come out during their reviews saying, hey, you're not storing this data in a secure way, and then it would have been fixed. So my guess is they're not. That's just a guess. But the other thing is multi-factor authentication. If you can turn on MFA, turn it on. I don't care where it is. According to Microsoft and Google, it mitigates about 99% of all phishing attacks is if you turn on MFA. It's impossible for somebody, you know, from Russia or North Korea to log into your account if they have to get a, a pass. Well, eh, not impossible. Actually, there's a couple of ways to bypass it, but it makes it... <laughs> I had a moment of like relief there for a second and then you yeah. just jammed back home. <laughs> exactly. I like, I like to you raise up, you up you down. and then, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So multi-factor authentication is huge. Password managers are huge. And, and then really just thinking about the data you're holding, you are in a lot of regulatory sense required to do certain things with it. Make sure that only the people who need to access it can access it. Make sure that that data, if it's sensitive information, gets encrypted in some way. Because if it's just openly available, you can now be held liable for allowing that data, that sensitive data to be open. We've had customers in the past where we'll go to a public share and we see a list of everybody's social security numbers and bank information and that sort of stuff. And we're like, it's up here. And they're like, oh, it's on our internal network. You know, who's going to see it? Like, yeah, but the problem is you're going to be legally responsible if that data makes it out um, because you didn't take any steps to protecting it. I will say this every time I talk to someone, shared passwords are bad. Don't share passwords. Don't do it, kids. Like friends, don't let friends <laughs> don't share know their password. Like, honestly. But we kept it in a Google sheet where only our team can access, man. Like, Dear God. We love that. Honestly. <laughs> I, no, to the point where when we break into a company, <laughs> one of the first things we do is we have this PowerShell script we run called Find Interesting Files. And all it does is look for spreadsheets and Word docs that have passwords in it. That's all it does. Like, that's our go-to first move. Yeah, don't do that. Don't. That's How often do you never. find something there? It has to be like... 100%. There's not one... <laughs> There's not a company yet that yeah. we have gone against where it's like, oh, now they're clean. Nobody wrote a password down. No, everybody, everybody has them. Everybody used to have that little notebook next to their computer. That's almost better now, right? It's funny you say that. My father-in-law, he he has this little notebook and he looks at me, he goes, oh, I know what you, I know what you do. I'm sorry. I, I write them down. I probably shouldn't. I'm like, no, that's actually fantastic. Somebody <laughs> has to break in your house <laughs> to get yeah. that. Uh, like if yeah. you keep it on your computer, assume it's on the internet. 
Yeah. It's like everything is a circle of life, right? Like, don't write them down. Now, like, write them down, right? Don't <laughs> please write them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but those would be my my three top suggestions is, yeah. you know, password manager, 2FA, don't share passwords at all. And, and keep, well, I guess four, keep in mind the data you house. You have to put some sort of security thought around how you're handling it, how you're destroying it, how you're keeping customers' data separate or isolated tenanted as they call it. So there's a there's a couple different things from a security sense that are just the basics. And then we could, you know, we could go from there, of course, as to yeah. how you access it with special keys and key fobs and that sort of stuff. But but you don't need to go that far. Most of the time, hackers are looking for the easy target. And I know that sounds yeah. silly, but they usually are. So you don't have to like Jeremy, you don't have to run faster than Tyler. That's all you have to do is just run <laughs> faster than him and he'll get hacked and you won't. So you just need a little higher bar, not a lot. I feel like that's yeah. probably the other way around, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with that. Dang Listen, it. you guys know about security. That's why we're having this conversation. All so right. it's all the other firms who probably need to listen to this. No, I mean, that was the hope having you on here. And now that we have you on file coming back every Valentine's, the hope is to keep just letting them know of like all these threats out there, because most of them don't know until it's too late. You know, I interviewed someone in the fall who they got their QuickBooks password. They didn't have 2FA turned on. They were That person was able to log in, go create new employees on the client's accounts, yeah. and then run payroll to those new employees that were some offshore bank account. And then they close the bank account the moment it's gone. 2FA yeah. would have solved all that. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a question for both of you. Hit me. Two questions. Apple okay. or Android? Yeah, I'm an Apple. Can't find it. Here it is. Apple. Okay. So to both Apple, you you win that. If we were doing fast yes. figures, good job. Thank you. When's the last? When's the last time there, you rebooted a computer? No, the phone. Ooh, every probably night this weekend. No, every night you push the button. Ooh, yeah. But do you do you hit the power and the volume down? Wait for it to go to the emergency screen. Slide the thing over that says power off. Every night. That's impressive. Really? Oh yeah, I turn mine off. I don't want. Yeah, I'm up enough hours working. I don't need that thing going off in the middle of the night. Jeremy wins. I know it's not that I frequent. know, that's impressive. Should be at least once a week. Most viruses that you can get on your phone don't write to the operating or don't write to the disk. They stay resident in memory. So if you reboot your phone, according to the FBI, once a week, you should reboot the phone. There you go. Yeah. So wait, let's just... Done. Just to make sure I'm not worsening the problems, then I have an iPad next to the bed and I'll turn that on. Do they commingle? Like Apple's supposed to be all switched together. Like the virus just jumps to the iPad. I'm probably still screwed, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. No, I. you yeah. know, it's funny. We do hear about all these viruses that can transmit in all weird ways. If we had another hour, I'd explain all sorts of weird virus transmissions, which sounds like a, a medical show, but it's not. Um, <laughs> but My it's mom rare. gave me it's this rare. talk when I was a teenager. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When an iPad loves an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do want to call out to the listener. I know he said, be sure to turn off your phone once a week, but wait until you finish this episode so we get our full credit from the sponsors and whatnot, okay? Like, we need your listens. We still don't make money on this podcast. It's the plight of podcasting. Right. <laughs> it's a passion project. Yeah, it is. Well, Dwayne, it was a blast having you on the show. You know, Pulsar Security, you can find them on Google. Dwayne and two other rather fun chaps run Security This Week. Great podcast if you want to get deeper in the weeds on data security. And I would argue they're actually 
better at dad jokes than we are, which hurts my soul a little bit. Really does. It was a hit to my ego when I started listening to that. Dwayne, anything else you'd love to throw out there or just how our listeners can connect with you or look into your services if their massive corporation wants to get pen tested by you guys? No, I think that you did a fantastic job, honestly. You know, we we do the podcast once a week. We take all the stories you hear about and we distill them down, tell you which ones are crap and which ones are actually things you should worry about and with a little bit of humor in there. So, Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, until next year, have a good one. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Bye, guys. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm already looking forward to next year. (laughs) But in the meantime, let's talk about pricing updates out there on some software. I think you had one of those keyed up, right? Well, here's the big one. What notoriously free accounting platform just announced that for some of their core features, they are going to start charging? I saw this one too. It's Wave. You are correct. Now, they trying to tease it out and say, fear not, we will still have a free option. But that free option will no longer have the ability to sync in bank feeds. It will also not have rules that you can automatically do things. So you can't say automatically categorize these here. You can't auto import transactions, auto merge. You can't add extra users. It's pretty much bare bones. And at that point, I think losing the automatic bank feeds, you lose a lot of the appeal of using this software. Now it's going to be 16 bucks, which might I remind you is more than QuickBooks Ledger and is probably going to be more than QuickBooks Solopreneur. I, speaking of losing money, I was going to bring that up. Like you're doing our podcast books in QuickBooks Ledger, correct? Correct. And that do, does the bank sync or bank feed work there? I don't know because we haven't really brought in much money. So (laughs) that would be a bad example. But the the other 19 clients I have on Ledger for their small asset management firms, because they I have companies that own an entity and then all that hits is the the mortgage payment. So it's like 12 transactions a year. They're all on Ledger. Works great. It's like QuickBooks, every other subscription. You just can't do invoicing or AP. It's just purely cash basis. But you don't have bank feeds working with those, right? Because they're just separate. Like Yeah, you do. Oh, and they work. Yeah, they work just fine. Then what's, yeah, like what is Wave trying to get? If you if your main competition, the elephant in the room, comes up with a cheaper option that has more functionality, probably that's not ideal. The thing that got and, me on this one was too, if you looked at their update, or I think the headline in one of it was, Wave, helping small businesses start, survive, and thrive. And I was like... Uh, talk me into that one because I, I wasn't sold. I don't know. This is where I feel like we need to get someone like Kate Johnson in to talk about like fresh books or something else out there that the people mm. that don't want to pay for QuickBooks yet, because this is going to change the landscape. I'm in enough communities where, you know, business owners are posting, how can I do accounting for free? And everyone has always said, do wave. When wave gets away from this, you know that most of these business owners aren't tech savvy enough to export their transactions, import it correctly, reconcile make sure everything's there. They're going to hose this up. And Wave doesn't have their own version of QuickBooks Live that I'm aware of to sell and try and help build that up. I think this is going to have really big ripples through the industry. I agree. And now, since we've been talking with Dwayne all day, I'm wondering what is Wave wave security? like? Because now I'm nervous. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Jeremy, with that noise, it is time to announce our winner of the week. And while I would argue it was Dwayne for outperforming any performance you and I have ever given in Fast Figures, 7 out of 10, that's a really good score in our book. 
Amen. But I want to call out the employees of the Durham County School District in North Carolina. The Mm. school district recently just announced that they have recognized they overpaid employees for a while. More than a thousand workers were being overpaid for months, and they're not going to require those employees to pay it back. I love that this article first calls out and says they are apologizing publicly. I don't know who they're apologizing to because those employees probably aren't complaining. Taxpayers, man, that's coming from the... Yeah, like, okay. But, I mean, those teachers were underpaid in the first place. Well, yeah, I'll give you that one, right? But you never see people more fired up than when there's like a school referendum or something for people who have never had kids or are never going to have kids in school again and be like, why should I be paying for school? But yeah, teachers get way underpaid. So I get that. Did they say how, though? Was it like just the wrong wage in there or did they run payroll? See, again, the accountant in me, I want to know the deets. No, I mean, the apology, which was accompanied by a promise to investigate the cause of the error, comes after the schools told workers their pay raises had been too high and would be eliminated. They are not going to collect the back owed overpayments, but they are also going to then reduce the pay going forward. I mean, that's still a little bit painful as an employer. Like you got used to living on whatever is there. You probably weren't paying attention to make sure that the amounts actually match what you were getting paid because you're just like, oh, it's whatever taxes and everything else. Yeah, that's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah. And you wonder too, like employees, because we've even had a client where like accidentally they got, well, something happened. We had to run a paper check and somehow the electronics thing still went through too. And they get paid twice, but they never tell anyone, but you're reconciling, you're looking at their bank transactions the next week. And you're like, Hey, this person got paid twice. Oh, great. And nobody says anything. Right. Which is to me shady, but it depends how much you like your employer. So to me too, just thinking through this, somebody had a digit wrong in their spreadsheet, right? Like, like apply 3% per the budget, two and a half. There's a digit wrong or a decimal in the wrong spot. Somebody dragged it down. Spreadsheet error. Yeah. Some sort of data entry problem. Like that's almost always what it goes back to. Yeah. They're not on work day. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, our loser of the week, we're going to say really it's all the clients of Florida man. Yes. A Florida man was just arrested. 50 year old Jose Cost who runs costs, bookkeeping, and accounting. And he has been arrested for malicious misuse of clients' personal information, illicitly filing tax documents, and unlawfully funneling their funds into his controlled bank accounts. For an industry that is so highly touted on our ethics, first of all, no one's required to get the CPA and adhere to any ethics, or at least certify they have them, to kick up an outsourced accounting services firm. For CPA, all you need that for is audit. But what's amazing to me is this guy has a history of financial crime. In fact, he has served for embezzlement before. He pleaded guilty in 2012. This is not his first time having a run-in with the law. Gets out of jail, runs up a bookkeeping business, and starts filing false tax returns under his client's name and funneling the funds. One comment, one question is, comment is like, I've had this before, like early in my tenure starting bookkeeping, engaging with a client, and within an hour of meeting me, this guy gave me access to all of his bank accounts, right? Right. And I was like, oh, he's my client. This is going to be awesome. And then I sat back and thought about it. I'm like, what kind of idiot just hands me (laughs) bank information? And then like that one didn't work out, right? Like learned out that that wasn't a great person to work with. Can't imagine why. But then question for this is, what do we think our clients should be asking to their service provider to know you're getting a trustworthy one? Do you have, there's some leap of faith there. I I don't know. (sighs) There really is. I mean, my contract states 
that we will never have the ability to issue payments on your behalf. We will yeah. never have the ability to run your payroll. Like I, I'm going to set you up in gusto. You're the admin and we never want the ability to push payroll. You always have to push it. And when it comes to your bank accounts, you will get us read only access. You will be the one connecting the bank feeds. Cause like, I don't ever want to put us in that position. I want to grow my massive evil empire to have so many employees but once we get to that size, I can't know every single one of my employees' everyday movements. We're already at 14, and it feels like too much. You got to have those controls, and just client, you need to maintain control of how your money moves and goes. But even this one's harder because he's filing tax returns and just telling them, yes, yeah, sign it, and they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way you expect a client to review the tax filing and be like, oh, yeah, this is accurate, or what's this, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. rough. I mean, we do some payroll and things, but I try to take that same stance. Like, we don't want to be able to touch your money, and you don't want us to be able to touch your money, even though I have faith in our staff. But, wow, yeah. Last thing before we close out of this episode, we have one new five-star review on Apple Podcasts from nokomist.75. So silly and fun, but also informative. I have never listened to more than three in a row of the same podcast show before, but I started this one and have binged all of 2023. I'm almost caught up. I laugh and have fun playing along with the games. Thanks to both Tyler and Jeremy for keeping accounting and bookkeeping things entertaining. Like higher praise we could not receive, right? Awesome. Thank no, you. It's almost like we're doing something good here. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, next week we are back to just the two of us. No more guests for a while. But until then, good luck closing out the year. I think we just, we're about to get to that point. Clients are going to have their financials. We're done. Yeah, just about done. I might have to like pull out the ventriloquist dummy or something just so we got a third person in here. <laughs> it's been really awesome. Well, until next time, sir, you have a good one. You as well. You as well.